What is going on, NYY News TV fam? It is Alex Guyvich Protich, your host and co-host, Luca Guyvich Protich, alongside you for another episode of the Twin Mill Podcast. If my mic sounds like crap, I apologize because I'm not in my normal area. As you see, I'm usually in downstairs in my other recording studio in my place. However, I am in Luca's spot now, and Luca is in the kitchen. With that being said, we do have a couple of topics to bring you today, mainly the Hall of Fame ballot, the consensus by the writers who got in. It was only one person. We'll talk about that and a couple other things. And we'll talk about the MLB and the MLBPA discussions I've been having uh, getting done recently. And with that being said, you know, it's progress, but we'll see where they end up and we'll see when. They finally get over this lockout. So, Luca, if you want to provide any first thoughts. I'm definitely interested to talk about this uh, Hall of Fame ballot topic as we have one player that was selected for the Hall of Fame. And also, um, I'm very, I'm somewhat optimistic about MLB and MLBPA talks. As Bob Nightingale actually mentioned, they could meet later this week again as they are, they've already met twice this week. So, progress, progress. But we already know what type of source Bob Nightingale is, or Boob Nightingale, as people would refer him as. With that being said, though, let's talk about the MLB Hall of Fame. If you want to provide your first thoughts, then I'll provide mine. I have some percentages to bring to the table, but with that being said, I do want to give you the floor. Um, just an utter, just an utter, complete joke. Um, yes, David Ortiz, you can make the case he's a Hall of Famer. You can make the case he's not. I mean, you could also make the case that he pumped up in Boston with all the PEDs, but they've cheating's already been uh, a thing. They've already allowed cheaters in. But just a disgrace by the MLB writers. Barry Bonds is not going in for whatever reason. Roger Clemens is not going in for whatever reason. Same with Sammy Sosa, Gary Sheffield, Kurt Schilling, and many others who are just robbed. Um, baseball, I think, is lacking integrity and will continue to lack integrity as long as this th- these things keep happening. And it's a shame that the Hall of Fame is going to look like this. Yeah, and the MLB really needs to change something. I'll go over the percentages right now as I have them right here. So David Ortiz... Obviously earned 77%, uh, 77.9% of the vote. The one guy who got over 70% then was Bonds, Clemens, Roland, Schilling, Helton, Wagner. Then it goes under 50%. Andrew Jones, Sheffield, Rodriguez, Kent, Ramirez, Vizquel, Sammy Sosa. There's all sorts of guys on that list. And... I think the last episode we did our Hall of Fame ballot and we explained why these guys should go in. And it's just terrible for baseball. It really is. David Ortiz, he tested positive for PEDs. And Mike Piazza, he's in the Hall of Fame, was elected into the Hall of Fame a few short years ago. He may be an inspiration to some. He may be a nice player to some. With that being said, he did, he, you know, he did steroids. He did steroids, PEDs. David Ortiz did, and because they're supposedly nice and honorable guys, they got in, but Barry Bonds and some of the other guys, like Kirk Schilling, Roger Clemens, did not get in. It's very sad. It's very sad because it is a double standard. I don't know why there is a double standard. 
And I just particularly don't know how there's a double standard. I mean, yeah, oh, this guy did PEDs, this guy, whatever. But there's different cases for all of them. Barry Bonds was a good player before he did steroids. And Will Middlebrooks, former Red Sox third baseman, actually brought up on Twitter, he said, you know, if Barry Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame and if he's not in the Hall of Fame, why do his records still stand? It doesn't make any sense. And players just constantly, steroids, no steroids, are looking to beat those records because of the player Barry Bonds was. And that could just go like all of the other players that were not elected in the Hall of Fame. But overall, it just crushes the integrity of the sport. And when I say that baseball needs to change something, they do. It's either, okay, lower the percentage, which I honestly think 70% is okay, or just overall really just eliminate the writers saying this because it seems the writers are very biased. It seems like most beat writers, in my opinion, are very biased. I mean, just as a overall background from a different sport, there was a story a couple of weeks ago when a beat writer didn't want to vote Aaron Rodgers MVP because he didn't think he was a nice, he didn't think he was, he didn't think that Aaron Rodgers was a nice person. And then Aaron Rodgers commented and said, I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. With that being said, the writer obviously said he was sorry and he was very unprofessional, obviously caving to the pressure. But it's just the integrity, and I don't understand what pedestal that these beat reporters have to stand on. Your beat reporters for the MLB, you didn't do anything special. You vote. And listen, obviously we can complain about fan voting in all-star games and stuff like that and Pro Bowls, but this is just bad for the sport. It's bad for the integrity. It's a double standard. It's a bad double standard to have when you have one guy getting in, another guy not getting in. Uh, Our good colleague... Gary Sheffield Jr. brought up that Vlad Guerrero tested positive for PEDs and his dad didn't. Well, Gary Sheffield's not in the Hall of Fame. Vlad Guerrero is. A lot of other people with really, I would say, sketchy backgrounds have been in the Hall of Fame for many years now. I think Mickey Mantle was elected in the Hall of Fame. And listen, we're not going to try to cancel anybody. You know, it's, it's been way, way discussed. You know, it's just overall, it's a deadbeat conversation because he is in the Hall of Fame, I think, hopefully. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he was accused of uh, domestic violence or was an alcoholic or something like that. And once again, just... Yeah, Ty, there was others. There's Ty Cobb uh, accused of being racist. Babe Ruth was inf- was accused of infidelity. I mean, you could go on and on and on. There was another thing with Babe Ruth that... I think there was an accusation of or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he used uh, sheep hormones. Sheep hormones. Well, that was the 20s, folks. But with that being said, I mean, you also take a look at some of the people that really impacted baseball that didn't get in. I mean, obviously, we talked about Barry Bonds. What was the one I was actually just going to get to? Sammy Sosa didn't get in. I'm pretty sure that a lot of people, steroids or not, whatever the case may be, Chicago fans, they probably love Sammy Sosa during his reign with the Chicago Cubs. And the Chicago Cubs wanted him to apologize. Well, guess what, Chicago? He brought your franchise relevancy. And listen, is doing steroids okay? No. But you take a look at 
the way the MLB has shit the bed over the years in terms of its image. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, I think those are the two that had the home run race. What year was that? Was that late 90s? 1998. That ultimately saved baseball. Yeah, that was four years after the shutdown of the 1994 season. And once again, I've mentioned on this podcast before, I've mentioned it several times, that I've had friends who just shut off baseball after 94 because of several disagreements between the MLB, the owners, the MLBPA, whatever the case may be. So they really saved baseball's image. And once again, I'll bring it up. Rob Manfred will be a Hall of Famer one day. And he doctored baseballs for big games. He probably doctored them for the England series, the London series, right? They oh, yeah. scored a Feel lot the of dream runs. series, you can bet Feel on that. the dreams. You know, it, it's bad. It's bad. But unfortunately, in that point, I apologize if you hear cats in the background. Um, but with that being said, Rob Manfred is going to get into the Hall of Fame and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's doing anything about Manfred. The, C, uh, the MLBPA is not stepping up to the plate and saying, okay, you know, um, listen, we'll agree on this, but we need an, uh, an investigation of Rob Manfred because I think Pete Alonzo said it. That ruins some opportunities for free agents. It just fluctuates, and it's not a good thing for free agents and certain players. And I totally agree with that. Is it based on bias? Is it based on choice? Obviously, with games, yes. I don't know if it's based on players. I don't think it's based on players, to be honest with you. I don't think that's the bias. I think the bias is for bigger games, and they deaden the baseballs for games that don't mean anything. But it's just horrible for the sport. I don't think the sport has too many, uh, I would say, positive looks right now. Yes, they don't have many positive looks between the lockout that's currently going on. We'll talk about it in a little bit. And then the Hall of Fame. Obviously, to be honest, not really any Hall of Fame is perfect, but there are two Hall of Fames that really disappoint me. That's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is another concept, maybe another thing for another episode if the lockout keeps going to like January or whatever and we get super bored with this shit, and the MLB Hall of Fame. The NFL Hall of Fame, I really don't know, I would say, too much about snubs and stuff like that. But with that being said, that's a whole nother ballgame. The MLB just has an integrity issue with the rules and all this other shit. So it's a really sad set of circumstances for the sport. And they're not doing themselves any favors. They're really not. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think you're hitting everything on the head, but you forget one thing. The commissioner who allowed all that steroid use to happen is in the Hall of Fame. You forget that also MLB made millions and millions and billions of dollars off of that era alone. You look at guys like Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, all the steroid heads, Jeff Bagwell, Mike Piazza, they all made MLB millions of dollars. And we're just going to, you know, avoid that? Come on. It's kind of like maybe bribery or blackmail in a way. Because for certain things, maybe, and it's maybe incomplete blackmail. I'm trying to say is, yeah, their steroid use made the MLB millions of dollars and the softies get in. But the ones who are assholes to the media and I think Barry Bonds was one of those players, the people who aren't the nice guys, they get the raw end of the stick. And some of the nice guys that are in 
supposedly like David Ortiz. I think this was Ortiz's first year on the ballot. Is that correct? That sounds about right. Yeah. And then guys who should have been in for years, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, you know, they don't get in. Raw end of the stick. And once again, the MLB has to fix something here with the writers because there's no integrity. Rob Manfred has done himself no favors. But with that being said, if you're going to let the integrity of the MLB Hall of Fame rely on the beat writers, the soft-ass beat writers, you're just better off allowing it as, okay, let's let the fans vote. I don't know. Or the players, too. The players should have a say in this. But uh, any know, final I'm, thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm personally afraid that players might even have bias as well as fans. I don't know how you're going to solve it, though. I honestly don't. Because I think writers have a personal agenda, especially with guys like Schilling. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just a bad look for the sport right now. So that pretty much closes out that topic, and then we'll talk about the MLBPA and the MLB, their recent discussions. Luke, if you have some stuff to pull up. So, yes, the second meeting of the week commenced on Tuesday. So I have some uh, notes for that. Uh, MLB and the union MLBPA are making real progress in the last two days. The luxury tax is one of the bigger hurdles left to clear. The union, the MLBPA, wants $245 million as the tax threshold, and the owners want $214 million. So, meet at 230. That's what some people guess they, where they could meet at, possibly. Um, in other news, uh, MLB has agreed to accept parameters of a pre arbitration bonus pool for top 30 war. The MLBPA is seeking a $105 million bonus pool, and the league is offering. 10 million. So that is a wide margin right there. Um, you also got MLB offering a minimum raise for minimum salary to $615,000. The MLBPA wants it at 775000 So interesting stuff on the latest uh, developments. We'll see what they do Friday. Yeah, let's break these down individually since we obviously have the time. Um, so it was a report about revenue sharing that the MLB specifically was willing to miss games this season and delay the season because of the revenue sharing. You want to talk about that a little bit? I didn't really get it to dig in because uh, apparently because the same article that was included it, uh, you know, feature, it's your favorite. It features a paywalls pay, excuse me, not paywall, a paywall. So you really couldn't see much, but all I know is, is it a USA today article? No, it's uh, The Athletic. Oh, that's uh, Lindsay Adler, Pete's favorite. Uh, yeah, you could say about that, but I mean, we'll see what you go. Teams, as I look this up, teams presently contribute about 48% of all local revenue, including gate receipts, local TV revenue, concessions, parking, and sponsorships. You also add that at the MLB rejected MLBPA's proposal for a $30 million cut to revenue sharing latest details on that so that would mean the mlb gets to share less money meaning the owners yeah so the mlb rejected that from the mlbpa or yes okay i got that correct so the so basically the owners are being cheap again so they don't have to yeah, share they don't money. want to share their money 
Go to the one about minimum salary, because I find that as a very interesting topic. So for the minimum salary, the MLB wants 615000 The MLBPA wants 775000 for the minimum salary. I mean, we talked about this last week. I mean, there are tons of minor leaguers, and I would love to interview at least one minor league. I'm going to try to find that maybe for NYY News or Big Blue in the Bronx. I'll try to interview at least one of the minor leaguers who have been treated like shit for the past how many years. I mean, you got six guys living in a room. You got guys living in cars, guys living in RVs, you know, basically doing poor man's work and living in a poor man's lifestyle. And they're supposed to be chasing their dreams for chasing their dreams. They get an absolute fuck you from Rob Manfred and the owners. I mean, this is just a repeated argument. It's like a crime. It is a crime. And I don't understand. And it's unfortunate as well, because if this was the players, the MLB PA would be fighting back constantly. But this is minor league players. Nobody's fighting for them. They don't have a union. Honestly, I think, obviously, it's probably not going to happen, you know, for a while. Probably never. But MLB should set up a union for the minor league players. Because they're always the ones treated like crap and all this other stuff. And last year, I don't know what the reason was, but they delayed their season. They didn't delay the MLB season. They delayed their season. And there was a similar issue where the NBA delayed the uh, G League season. But we all know that the G League players are G League players and that they probably make more and have a better living style than the MILB players. And once again, these are guys living their dreams. And for that, they get a big fuck you from Rob Manfred and the owners. And it's a damn shame. So I don't understand. You know, there's a lot of other issues out there. I'm not saying this isn't a big issue because I think it is. I think it's an overlooked issue. You talk about revenue sharing. You talk about the rules. You talk about other stuff, right? And obviously, I think it was Nightingale or somebody else who mentioned, yeah, these two sides are meeting again to discuss non-economic issues. I mean, if you don't agree on this stuff, this is me personally, and we have time, but we don't have time because – in order not to delay spring training, I think the deadline's what February first. Yeah, that's and that's next week. I think approaching uh, very steadily, very very fast. So why discuss non-economic issues? Why discuss non-major issues? You know, before you really have to sort out the big stuff, it's really kicking the can down the road, and that's not a good thing for the MLB. That's my opinion. Obviously. That could be a bargaining chip towards resolving the bigger issues. But my point with the minor leaguers is that, you know, you talk about revenue sharing, which may be a bigger issue for the major league level. Why can't the owners just come in and say, okay, listen, we have bigger issues to resolve. We have bigger fish to fry. With that being said, we're just going to take the MLBPA offer of 775K starting salary. I mean, they sure as hell have no fucking issue going out there and paying these 14, 15-year contracts. Fernando Tatis didn't even play a full season. He got signed to a mega contract. Francisco Lindor didn't even play a regular season game 
with the New York Mets. He gets a, what was it, a 10-year contract? Yeah. So I don't understand. These guys, it's not like, oh, you're paying this much money. You're not paying them $10 million a year to be in the minor leagues. They're not proven players. They're not proven players. And I'm not saying treat them like dog shit. With that being said, it's not like you're paying this much money to this guy or whatever. My main point is you have bigger fish to fry with all these issues surrounding. And time is ticking. Time is ticking. We mentioned that very, very soon that deadline's coming and that obviously they're willing to miss games due to the issues over revenue sharing. Okay, so get the easier issues in this case resolved first of the economic issues, as they would call it. Get the minor leagues sorted out. Have some sort of funding. Have some sort of balanced payroll. Have some sort of good housing. And that's what I think about that. Yeah, I got to agree with you 100%. Um, You pretty much hit the nail on the head. So the other issues besides what I just talked about, and you obviously talked about revenue sharing, which would obviously indicate if it goes through in terms of, well, it was already rejected. But with that being said, the MLB owners are being cheap again because they don't want to share money. I mean, well, they're MLB owners. So what are the other issues that we could cross upon? I remember yesterday, I think this is like the last main important issue, should I say? Um, they ended the, uh, they, the MLBPA withdrew their age requirement when it came to, uh, arbitration. So now it's just six years of service time. See, personally, I would have liked the MLBPA's offer, which was the age of 29, I believe. 29 and a half. 29 and a half, which seems like a fair thing because sometimes players, they rise up fast and then you have guys like Kyle Higashoka who barely see a major league game before the age of 30. And I think Higashoka's 30-something now, maybe, maybe not. He's been in the system for a while, but I'm just making a point. You know, oh, five-year service time, six-year service time. So either or could be an argument for one, but I just really would have liked to seen that uh, that really, uh, what do you call it, that thing go through. But obviously... Uh, that was not the case. Arbitration, how they withdrew the structure of that. I mean, that's probably what we just talked about, right? Yeah, there was a point. Well, I mean, yeah, I was about to say. And then uh, talk about the bonus pool. So the MLB, I'm going to restate again. MLB has agreed to accept parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus pool for top for players who finish top 30 to war. The MLBPA wants a... $105 million bonus pool while the league is basically offering $10 million. So they got a long ways to go. And obviously they wouldn't be, at least what I know, maybe the MLB is stupid. Maybe the MLBPA is stupid. They're both stupid because they're delaying this. But with that being said, I don't think they're playing, they're paying a player $105 million for racking up a couple of accolades and stats. I think it's the combined budget, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it is. It feels like the combined budget because you do you do the math. It's uh, thirty players and one hundred and five million. So you got to do the math there. Thirty select players. Yeah, top thirty. Top thirty select players plus the 
So 30 and uh, 10. It will be 30 divided by, if you're going by the player's, you know, proposal, it would be 105 million divided by 30. That's around a 3.5 million, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, 3.5 million. 3.5 million is a bonus for each, okay? And then it would be much less on the parameter scale for uh, MLB and what they're offering. They offered 10 million. So it would be scraps. It would be, I have the exact numbers, it would be 333,333. So basically, they would be getting chump change if it was the $10 million yeah. combined. Yeah, the they got a change. long ways to go. So what the hell would Ooh. halfway even be? A fi- you can do uh, like 50 or, 50 or 75 million. 55, do that. 55 divided by 30. I mean, once again, that wouldn't be... You know, ten million or one hundred five million, but fifty-five divided by thirty. If we're doing the math correct, that's going to be about one point eight million. It's essentially a one point eight million dollar bonus for each player. And what was the one with ten? It was thirty three hundred thirty three thousand three hundred thirty three. So all the threes in the world, but <sighs> they got a long ways to go on that. So hopefully, sometime this week or whenever they discuss this type of economic issue, because it seems like this is the one along with revenue sharing, that's going to really be the hot topic of the negotiation. Someone said in our chat, put Roger Goodell in for uh, the negotiations. But then again, (laughs) but then again, I think it did what the 2011 lockout. I think that happened. Yeah, it was a couple of the lockouts, but not as bad as MLB because MLB is very unorganized. With that being said, just go over one minor topic, not too much. Uh, thoughts on robot umpires in AAA and thoughts of robot umpires in baseball? Um, I know everybody says that uh, the old school, well, the old school approach really is like you know, you're turning this into like robots, you're subtracting jobs, whatever, but. To me, I'm going to take the new school approach and say that this just adds efficiency to the umpiring. We obviously know the human element is not perfect, but from what it's been the last couple of years, it's been horrible. So, again, it's just only going to be balls and strikes. So, I'm very interested, very interested to see what happens with this. I'm very interested to see because maybe if we go up to Scranton Wilkesbury and they try to test that, are they testing out this year or next year? I believe it is this year. Okay, if it's this year, I'm I interested thought, to see. I, from what I read, I thought it was like select games, but I guess they're moving into AAA in total, all AAA games. Listen, if it's select games, it's select games. If it's not, it's not. And they do just AAA in total, which, once again, would be interesting. I hopefully could get my ass to a AAA game this year because I haven't been to a Scram Wilkes-Barre Rail Rider game since 2017. Oh, yeah. 2018? 2017. Okay. I remember because I think we faced the Pawtucket Red Sox. Now yeah. that's the uh, the Worcester Red Sox, yeah. something like that. I think so. Whatever. So there's there's that. But in terms of robot umpires, once again, I think it'd be interesting. Obviously, a human umpire would have to be there just in case of technical errors and plays at the plate and different stuff like that. But just more efficiency. And obviously, I think it is somewhat smart at the lower levels to test out rules. But, you know, some of these rules, I guess, in terms of MLB 
doing the robot umps, it somewhat, I would say helps, but doesn't help the development of umpires because obviously they're not having as much contact with home plate, but at the same time, if they're a bad umpire, they're not getting the impact or not making yeah. the impact on the game that any of these bum-ass umpires in the major leagues would do. So obviously that would be a thing to know for the future. Hopefully it um, just comes to fruition one day and we could get rid of the bad umpiring and just make it less impactful. That's yeah. honestly my thoughts on that. So any final thoughts overall and we're ready to close it out. Um, I thought it was a very good discussion. Um, I'm very interested to see what these MLBPA talks look like. Um, I'm, I want to get optimistic. I want to see what they discuss. I mean, more meetings, the more the better. So I'm very interested. Yeah, I'm very interested as well. Hopefully we get baseball back so we get some more relevant topics. I'm really excited to see if the lockout actually ends because then we'll have rumors. We'll have lots of trades Hopefully the Yankees actually do something. Then again, I'm not holding my breath just yet. Uh, if you guys haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on that notification bell so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops or any video. I mean, I say that for my channel, but you know what? Why not say for Pete's channel? Why not say for our channel? Because we are part of the NYY News TV team. Be sure to stay tuned for all of the awesome podcasts and shows that we have on NYY News TV. Appreciate you guys as usual, and we will see you later. Later. Before it hits the front page.